Hey guys, welcome back to Perspective. This is episode 5 and a lot of things have happened since I last spoke to you. Now, first of all, if you hear a funny dripping sound in the background, that's because it's been raining a lot here and the water's dripping off the roof onto our front porch and it's making that dip, 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 dip sound. But I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that, but hope you guys have all been well. As I said, a lot of tech news has surfaced since the last podcast which I made which was feels like years ago now but probably only a couple of weeks ago we've had the Apple event for the new iPhones and all the models have now been confirmed and in fact some of them are available for pre-order some of them are not and the model that I've been holding out for which is the iPhone 12 Pro Max is not quite available for pre-order yet and in fact it's going to be another couple of weeks or so I believe because it's not available for pre-order until November. It's a little bit disappointing that's the case but I guess Apple's had as many problems as anybody else in terms of being able to get supplies during this pandemic and the reality is we just have to wait. So was there any exciting new developments that came out of the iPhone 12 announcement that anything that we didn't expect, anything that we were surprised about, shocked about or anything like that? Well, for starters, we knew pretty much that there was going to be um, four models. There was going to, always going to be an iPhone mini, the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 Pro and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. So that wasn't particularly exciting in any kind of way at all. The things that excited us was the fact that all the new iPhones have 5G, which was a little bit surprising. We thought that some of their cheaper models would not have 5G, but it's great that they have. They've gone back to an older style, which looks like kind of one of the older iPhones, like an iPhone 6 or something. It's got that sort of rounded edge feel to it. It's got all of the specs that we kind of assume. It's got the A4 Bionic chip, which is obviously faster. They didn't say much about the battery life, but I'm assuming that it's on par, if not a little bit better. Everything from that side of things is a little bit more of an incremental improvement, which is exactly what we expected from the iPhone. So basically, they now come in four colors, and it depends on which actual model you get. But the iPhone 12 Max Pro Max comes in silver, graphite, gold, and Pacific blue. It comes with either 128, 256 or 512 gigabytes of memory, so no one terabyte. The glass is apparently a lot stronger than the previous versions. It's called Ceramic Shield now. The iPhone Pro Max is 6.7 inches. It has Super Retina, it has an OLED display and a resolution at 458 PPI. Now, the cameras are a little bit better. They've got the splash water dust resistance. Now it's IP68, so you get a maximum depth of 6 meters for up to 30 minutes. The cameras are a little bit improved, so with the iPhone 12 Pro Max, they have the new ultra-wide, the wide and the telephoto cameras. The ultra-wide is an f2.4 camera with 120 degree field of view. The wide is an f1.6, and there's a telephoto, which is an f2.2. There's a LiDAR scanner. It's the usual, there's portrait mode. And this image stabilization with the Pro Max in the wide lens is called sensor shift optical image stabilization. So it's got all the other stuff. It's got this Apple Pro RAW, which I'm gathering is a new format, which is kind of like the conventional RAW systems where you get to retain much more detail in your images. It's got 4K video, 
with HDR recording with Dolby Vision at up to 60 frames per second. So the 4K is at 2430 and 60 and it's got 1080p. So it's all good and the front facing camera is also a, now a 4K camera. It's got a 12 megapixel f2.2 aperture with portrait mode with advanced bokeh and depth control. They still have the Apple Pay as I said, they've got the 5G connectivity. The battery life is reported to be up to 20 hours with the Pro Max with video playback and 80 hours audio. They've now got the MagSafe wireless charging system. So they've got a lot of new accessories because there's now a, ba a magnet built into the phone so you can do wireless charging. They have wireless cases and the wireless accessories as well. So we're all looking forward to seeing how this old MagSafe thing works. It's very similar to the charges of the MacBook Pro and the MacBooks where there's a magnetized plug that goes onto the side where you charge the actual laptop. Now, some of the things that we were hoping were there that aren't, in one in two in particular is one, is there is no USB-C connection. So the charger is still lightning, which is what we expected, but we were hoping beyond a hope that there was going to be USB-C, but that's not the case. Maybe in iPhone 13 or whatever they end up calling in the next year's version. And the other thing, which it's harder to implement, but there is no fingerprint ID. So the new iPad Air has this fingerprint ID now on the power button. And I know it's kind of like old technology because we use face ID now on the phones. But the problem is in this day and age with COVID, we don't know how long it's going to be that we're going to be continuing to wear masks. Is that face ID doesn't work when you have a mask on. Most of the time for someone like me who works in the healthcare field, every time I'm at work, Whenever I go out, I'm wearing a mask and you can never use Face ID. So you always have to type in your, your PIN number, security code, whatever you call it. And that becomes a little bit of a nuisance. And if you had fingerprint ID, that would solve all of that. But unfortunately, at this point, the new iPhones do not have fingerprint ID. So we're stuck at king in our PIN number because, as I said, the Face ID doesn't work with a face mask on. The new iPhone 12 Pro, the 12 and the 12 Pro are currently available for pre-order and the iPhone 12 Pro Max comes out in November. I'm just going to look up the exact date because I can't actually remember the exact date. The iPhone 12 Pro Max pre-order on the 7th of November. So it starts off at $1849 for the base model which is the 128 and the 512 is $2369 which is pretty much what I had expected in terms of the rough price range, it was going to be somewhere around $2,300, $2,500. And it says here, currently unavailable. So check back, check the space on November 7th. And that's what I'm planning to get. I haven't quite decided what color, but I may go for the graphite or the Pacific blue. I like the Pacific blue because I've never seen that one before. And that may be the one that I get. So who knows, but I'm really enjoying iOS 14. I like all the new features on it. I like the fact that your Memoji now can have a mask, which is once again indicative of the times that we live in. In other tech news, what is there? There's a new software update for the GoPro Hero 9. Apparently makes the touch screen more sensitive. Occasionally have problems where you touch the back screen and you try and go to the settings and stuff. It doesn't work. I'm going to try that soon and hopefully it improves on that. Getting batteries for the GoPro Hero 9 is still a little bit of an issue. You can buy the battery itself at a lot of retail stores now, but the dual charger is still not 
yet available, but hopefully that will be available soon. I'm tossing up whether there's actually any point. If you think about it, right, the reason that I would get a dual charger is obviously that you can charge two batteries at the same time and you can charge them outside of the GoPro Hero 9. The fact is, one of the reasons I'm a bit hesitant about continuing to charge the battery inside the GoPro is the fact that the door latch, I'm just wondering if I keep opening and closing, opening and closing, whether it's going to cause a lot of wear and tear and eventually it's going to break. But if you think about it, you actually have to take the battery out and change it every time you charge it anyway. So I don't know how many times it's saving you in terms of not having to open the compartment door to charge the battery. But the thing is, the benefit obviously is that you can charge two batteries at the same time and you can use a third battery whilst you're charging the other two without having a cable sticking out and being attached to either a power point or a portable charger or something like that. But let's see how it goes. It's not available yet anyway, so I'm not going to get too concerned about that. Now, what else is happening? The DJI Osmo Pocket 2, which is now just called the DJI Pocket 2, had just been released. I have the original DJI Osmo Pocket, and I did find it to be a really cool accessory to use. But with a caveat, there are a couple of things that bothered me a little bit or a lot, if you can say. Now, having a gimbal attached to a video camera of that size is just a technological marvel and you can't even imagine how they actually managed to get all this stuff to fit. However, there were a few drawbacks on the DJI Pocket 2 and I'm not 100% sure that these issues have been resolved in the newer version. Now, number one is there is still no ability to change the battery, so you can't have a spare one. If the battery dies, I guess the camera dies. The DJI Pocket 2, I've just checked, retails at $599 Australian. You can get the Creator Combo, which is $799. And the difference is that you get not only the Pocket 2, the mini control stick and the cover, you get a splitter charging cable, a microphone wireless transmitter, a wireless microphone windscreen, a do-it-all hand handle, a wide-angle lens and a micro tripod. So you're paying an extra $200 for all these and your mileage may vary, so I don't know whether you'd find any of these things useful and whether it's worthwhile paying for the extra. As I said, it was a great camera with a couple of things. One is, I've already gone through, it's the chargeable battery thing that you can't interchange. And two is, mine died after about a year of use where it never charged beyond kind of 85%. And there were times where, depending on how you charged it, when you pull it out of the thing, it wouldn't turn on. Even if there was plenty of battery charge, it wouldn't actually turn on until you plugged it back into some sort of charging device. And that was a disaster when you're out because if you've not got either an external charger, a portable charger, or you weren't plugging it into a mains or anything like that, you physically couldn't actually turn the camera on. So that was kind of a deal breaker for me. I don't know whether it was just my camera or whether it was a software thing. But yeah, it only happened towards the end of me using it. So that made me a little bit disappointed. Hopefully they've ironed out all these problems from before. But the DJI Pocket 2 is currently out and it's got a bigger sensor. It shoots 4K, so did the old one. It has a three-axis stabilized camera as the old one. It's got a better tracking system called active track 3.0 and it fits in your pocket and it's something which it's not as how would say it's not as durable it's not as able to cope with everyday use as a gopro hero for example because 
it's a very fragile device there's a gimbal on it so it's very kind of much more fragile as I said you certainly can't get this thing wet it has a bigger sensor and it takes 64 megapixel photos and it shoots 4k at 60 frames per second so there are all the benefits of it it's got HDR video it's got a, an eight times zoom but I don't know whether that's just digital zoom and digital zoom is about as useful as like a chocolate teapot in my opinion so there you go there's the DJI Pocket 2 the main news from this podcast is going to be the fact that I'm planning on ordering the iPhone Pro Max in November and I'll be back shortly with a podcast then to give you my two cents and my opinion of what it's like compared to my almost antiquated iPhone 10s plus which is still doing a good job except the things that I want is that I wanted a longer battery life and I wanted a 4k front-facing video camera now which the iPhone 10s has and obviously I like the fact that it's a little bit faster you get more cameras in the back I've been a little bit jealous of my wife's iPhone 11 because it does take way better photos especially at night and in low light than my iPhone 10 so I'm looking forward to that hit me up in the comments if you have pre-ordered the iPhone 12 or the iPhone 12 Pro or if you're intending to pre-order the iPhone 12 mini or the iPhone 12 Pro Max and as usual if you like my podcast I'd really appreciate it if you left me a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whatever you're listening through this Spotify and I'll catch you next time in another podcast